And uh, this morning I want to preach on the qualities of a godly mother. The qualities of a godly mother. It, it seems like, uh, and it doesn't just seem like, it actually is, uh, that the, the world is bent on destroying families. Uh, there is just no doubt about it. I mean, there is an all-out attack uh, on, on the family unit, the family structure, uh, at least here in America. And understand that the family and the role of the family was established by God. Uh, genders were established by God. And, uh, and so God established those things. And uh, people want to rebel against God and rebel against everything that God has designed and created. That's really what is behind all of the agenda that's pushing uh, the things that are going on. And, uh, and mothers, uh, your job in 2022 is so important. Uh, it, it is. And uh, even for, uh, you say, well, may, you know, all my kids are raised. Listen, being even a grandmother is still such an important role and an important job in our country in 2022. They need those examples that are set before them. And so it's so important. And you are blessed to have children. You're blessed to be married. Uh, you're blessed because you're, you're here listening to the Word of God. Many people in many countries physically are not able to gather uh, where they're able to hear the Word of God preached and taught. And so we're very blessed this morning. And we certainly thank God for that. And what a blessing. And I want us to see uh, some qualities of a godly mother. Uh, you as a mother have a great influence and sway over our world, not just your family, but over what our world turns into. The old saying, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world is very true. Uh, moms have such tremendous great influence. And so I want to encourage our mothers. Uh, and really, this, uh, this could apply to anybody. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna take them from a, uh, from a mother. Uh, but really, uh, they're good qualities as well for any person that is a Christian. So it's not just for mothers, uh, but we're focusing this morning on mothers. And godliness is so necessary in the sin-sick world that we live in today. Uh, boy, it's, it's gone so far. Uh, but boy, they just need, they don't need somebody to, to scream and holler at them, but they do need somebody to show a good, clean, godly testimony and live it out and not be afraid to say, you know, that is wrong. We're not doing that. Uh, but they don't have to be abrasive and rude about it. Just be right and stand for what is right and what is truth. And so our job as Christians is so important in this world this morning. Exodus chapter number 2, I'd like us to see uh, a mother uh, who really lived in a very difficult time. Uh, and, and we're in the book of Exodus chapter number 2. What happened is in the book of Exodus, uh, the nation of Israel had gone down to Egypt uh, because of a great famine. And they had stayed down there uh, for quite some time. And now for years they have lived there. And the, the uh, original ruler there in Egypt that knew Joseph, he's already died. And so now the new ruler is raised up. And now he's got Israel living in his country. And he's fearful that Israel is going to overtake Egypt. And so he makes them basically slave labor. 
and he starts to give them jobs. Well, after a while, uh, they are still growing and they are still uh, doing well as a nation and they are still thriving. Let me just pause right here and say this, that righteousness exalteth a nation. Here is a nation inside another nation that is growing and thriving to the point that Egypt is fearful that it's going to overcome it because Israel was a righteous nation. They were living right and they were doing right. And Egypt in the Bible is always a picture of sin. And so they were not doing right. They were not living right. But yet they, here they are and, uh, and they were setting up. So Egypt uh, is there. And finally, because Israel is prospering so well and they're growing, that uh, the king of Egypt says, that's it. If a baby boy is born in Israel... I want you to kill it. That's a pretty strong decree. That's pretty serious. And, and, and we, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Um, I, I know for my family, uh, my mom wouldn't have any children. I have an older brother and a younger brother. That's all there is. It's all boys. So we, whoop, 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 they'd all be gone. Um, and so any boy that would, was born, uh, they told him to, to kill him. Now, the midwives that were there in Egypt, they didn't do it. They obeyed God. Uh, and they, they, they said, you know what? The sanctity of life is so important that we're not going to obey Pharaoh. Uh, we're going to obey God. And God blessed them because of that. But I'm telling you that this is the environment. This is the society uh, that this lady had to raise her children in that society. Could you imagine uh, the wickedness of that day. Exodus chapter number 2 and verse number 1 will read, now that we got a little background, the Bible says... And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrush and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she, she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sisters to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Verse number 10, And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses, she, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. What an incredible story in all reality. That whole 
portion of Scripture. And before we go any further, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for each and every person that is gathered here. And God, as we look into your word and God, as we look at some of the qualities of a godly mother, God, I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would encourage and strengthen every person that's here this morning. God, to live as a godly Christian in a wicked and evil day that we live in. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, help us, and Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we look at this, uh, her name is never given, so I'm going to give that to you right now because, uh, because otherwise I'll name it and you'll be like, who's he talking about? This is her. Uh, her name is Jackbed. Okay, now I know that is a very strange name, and her husband's name was Amram, so you can write that down in case you're ever on Jeopardy, and there's a trivia question, okay, what was Moses' mom and dad's name? It was Amram and Jochbed, and you can find that in Numbers 26, I think it's verse 59, if I'm not mistaken. If not, uh, you'll have to do your own homework and research and find it, but it's in there, uh, and it does tell us, but it doesn't tell us in this text. And so we find here that, uh, that here they are in, in this situation that I have described, this society really that is very oppressive to them, very wicked and, and wants to destroy uh, really the nation of Israel and perhaps even godliness, I don't know. Uh, but I do know this, they did not want the nation of Israel to prosper. Uh, and so we have this problem that is going on, and this this command from Pharaoh uh, that he that they are to kill all the uh, uh, all the male children, and that's why she had to hide Moses. And we find just a few qualities that I want to note about her life. And the first quality that we notice is I want you to notice her courage. Her courage. Here she is. She has a child. And Pharaoh has said, listen, uh, you're to kill all the man, men children, all the, all the males that are born. And the Bible says right there in verse number 2, it says, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Could you imagine her courage to take that child and say, man, I'm not killing my baby." And I'm going to hide it. And I don't know, I just kind of assume, uh, you know, we think, well, we live in our houses and, and this and that, and, and the, how would they ever know? Who's to say that Pharaoh wasn't sending people around to check? I mean, the Bible tells us that she hid him for three months. Maybe she saw the people coming and she would take and, and, and lay him up in a basket or, or set him aside somewhere where he would be safe but would not cry, but yet would not be spout, spotted. And so she took it upon herself to, to hide her child. Uh, and I don't know how she went about that. And I don't know all of the checks and, and things that were taking place because the Bible does not give us all of that information, but I know this, that it took her effort to hide that child. And I thought, man, what a great amount of courage that she displayed. Listen, as Christians, uh, one of the great qualities that we, can that we can have is that of courage. You know, fear has a great effect on people. Many people uh, do not do things straight up out of fear. They don't do things. It makes them uncomfortable. It's fearful. And I've told my children my whole, their whole lives, I, I said, listen, it's okay to feel fear, but it's not okay to be controlled 
by that fear. Everyone's going to fear, feel, feel fear. I mean, I feel fear in my life. But it's not okay to allow that fear to dominate and control your life. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about fear quite a bit. And, uh, and, and you, you could imagine when they get to, uh, the, the nation of Israel eventually leaves out of Egypt. And there's a, man, I, go back and read it. it. If you don't know the story, it is probably one of the greatest Old Testament stories about God sending uh, constant plagues on top of Egypt. Go back and read the book of Exodus. But when they finally do depart, they leave out of Egypt and they're running and, uh, and they're getting away from Egypt. And, uh, and when they get up to a point, there's a Red Sea there and they look and the armies of Egypt are pursuing them and coming after them foreseeably to kill them, we don't know. And the Bible says in Exodus 14 and verse number 10, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. Matter of fact, there were several times when the Egyptians would then turn around and they would complain to Moses, and they would say, Hey, were there no graves in Egypt that you brought us this far that we would die here? I mean, they were fearful of going forward. But yet God had promised the nation of Israel a land that they would inherit, and they needed courage to continue going forward. And Moses takes and turns around, and he tells the people, when they're sore afraid, Moses said to the people, Fear ye not. Where do you suppose Moses got that spirit of courage? I think probably from his mother who displayed that courage when, she, when he was young. And I'm sure that that story was told over and over to Moses as he was growing up. Yeah, I, uh, I could just imagine, you know, the guards coming by and they were checking and maybe she didn't get wind of it. Maybe it was a little bit too late and, and she had to sneak around and, and, and hide Moses, but she had the courage uh, to do what was right and to take her child. And I'm just saying that fear controls many people's lives and a godly mother or a godly Christian should have and can have uh, the, the characteristic of courage in their life. Not only does fear keep people from moving forward, but fear will entrap you. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. You know what the answer to fear is? It's trusting in the Lord. Courage defeats fear. And says, you know what? I'm going to trust the Lord. You go down and you trace that whole idea of courage. The word courage shows up in the Bible a few times. But you can note this down. When, uh, when, when Moses is ready to pass off the scenes. Now, Jockbed was Moses's, this in the bulrush, that was Moses, okay? They don't give his name, uh, well, they did at the end. Uh, that's Moses, and he grew up, and he led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. When he goes through the wilderness then, and, uh, and he's about to pass off the scenes because he's older, and he says, uh, he turns to Joshua, who is his successor, and, and the Lord had given Moses these words, and he said, hey, I want you to turn around and give these to Joshua, and he says this, 
in, in Deuteronomy 31, 22, Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. And I can't help but think that that courage that Jochebed displayed and that courage that she exercised in her life and that she would pass on then to Moses and Moses certainly would take that in his life and carry it with him through his lifetime as he would face challenges and difficulties and struggles throughout his lifetime and then he would turn around and the Lord of course would continue to give him that courage but then he'd turn around and he would give that to Joshua and Joshua then would carry it forward and I'm just saying that it will continue to carry on how many of us we carry so many things that our mother taught us we're like well my mom taught me that my dad taught me that and I'm just saying one of the qualities of a godly mother is that of courage and that of standing up for what is right and listen in 2022 it takes courage to go against the grain the whole world would have you to believe that this is the right path and it's completely contrary to the Word of God. And it takes courage to stand up and say, I'm not going that way. We're going that way. And I'm leading my family in this direction. And I'm teaching my children to go this direction because that direction is contrary to the Word of God. And it takes courage, 2022, to be a mom and be a godly mother so we find courage is one of the traits and one of the qualities of a godly mother. The second thing that I want you to notice out of our text is not only was it the courage to be able to stand and go against the grain and go against what everyone else was doing perhaps, but I want you to notice as well her confidence in God. Look with me in verse number 3. Actually, go back with me to verse number uh, 2. The Bible says, And the woman conceived and bare a son... And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, and she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's bank. Here she exhibits a lot of confidence in God. In verse 2, she exhibits a lot of courage to stand up and go against the grain and hide her child at her own cost and at her own expense and at her own uh, threat even of, of punishment. And she hides that child. But when it comes time, uh, maybe at three months, that baby becomes more active. And he doesn't want to just sit around. He's no longer a newborn that's content. You can't just put him in a corner, cover him with a blanket, and walk away and say, well, he'll be quiet and it won't be a problem while the inspectors... But for whatever reason, it became more difficult for her to hide that child. And we find that she said, man, I've got to do something else. So she makes a little boat. And she takes that thing and she puts her child in there and she places him in the river uh, by all the, the, the weeds. And you say, why do you do that? Well, because it won't float away. 
It'll hold it there. It will keep it there. And so she places it there so that it won't disappear and it kind of blends in because now it's very possible that the child would cry or make some noise and whenever somebody would come around looking and perhaps the, uh, the, the Egyptians were there wandering around like policemen in the streets, we don't know, and she would have to take and put them uh, outside and put them in this thing. But as she did that, I want you to notice that she exhibited a great deal of confidence in the Lord. Matter of fact, the Bible mentions that in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 23. The Bible says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So they, she hid him by faith. She hid him trusting in the Lord. And saying, you know what, I, I don't have a better solution. And so at this point, it's out of my house. It's out of my hands. There's not much I can do. I'm going to have to place him in this uh, little boat. And I'm going to have to walk away. And I'm going to have to trust that the Lord is going to take care of my child. What a great amount of confidence. Anybody who has a child and, and you leave that child. I remember, boy, mothers, uh, when, when you, the, you know, your first child comes along. And, and you have them, and that first time you leave them at a babysitter. And mom walks away, and she's fearful. She's like, I mean, you know, are they going to be able to take care of the child? Or what, if, what if she cries? What if this and that? And a hundred thoughts run through her mind. And I'm sure that for Jockbed, it was no different. She wasn't even leaving them in the care of a person. She was leaving them in the care of God and saying, God, you know what? I have to trust you, and I have to leave my child here. And she explained a great confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so many times today, you know what our trust is placed in? So many things. Boy, we trust in so many things. You know what the greatest example of this? I just did this recently. I drove out to uh, New Jersey for my graduation, and, and I'm, I'm bad with directions. I, I won't make any bones about it. I won't even try to convince you otherwise. I'm just bad with directions. And, uh, and I used to travel a lot, and I had a, a regular dedicated GPS, and man, I'd punch in the routes, and I knew I was better at, at doing that kind of thing because I did it really regular, and, and uh, now I've gotten rid of my GPS. I just use my phone, you know, like probably most people do. If you don't know where something is, you grab your phone, you punch it in, and, and, uh, and you put it up there, and, and you just go wherever it tells you to go. And, uh, and, and so I, I, put, I put it all on my phone, and... I didn't want to go one way. I knew that. There's two basic routes. You go this way, and it costs you a lot of money. You go this way, and it's free. And I like free. So I was going the free way. And, uh, and so I was trying, and, and my phone switched it on me while I was driving. And, uh, and, and I, I got so mad at my phone. Why do you do that? And, and, and I, 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 I got off. I got off the first exit. I said, I'm not going that way. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I got off, so I went another way, and, and I, I eventually got it all worked out and got it straightened out. But how many times, boy, we punch in something into our phone, and then we just do whatever it says, and we trust it exclusively that it's going to take us. I got plenty of GPS stories going, showing up at the wrong place, at the backside of some place, blocks away, whatever. But, but I'm just saying we put our trust in those things but we don't trust in God. 
And we need to put our trust like we do in that GPS. And I'm not saying don't use your phones for navigation. I still use my phone for navigation. Uh, Sometimes I don't always trust it, but I, I use my phone. But I'm saying this, our trust ought to be put in God. She made that that little boat of of bulrush, but her faith wasn't placed in that little little boat that she made. Her faith was placed in God. She wasn't trusting in her possessions and trusting in in things. The Bible says in Psalm 20 and verse number 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And boy, in 2022, we need to remember the name of the Lord our God and put our confidence and faith and trust in God for our salvation. It's so important. The Bible says in Isaiah 31.1, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. And our faith, one of our qualities is that we need to trust in the Lord. We need to put our faith and trust in Him. And you know that's, that is easier said than done. It doesn't take anything to say it. But I tell you what, it takes another thing to live that out day to day. When you, when you find yourself in a, in a, uh, a situation or a bind when, uh, when you're, I, I'm a problem solver, I, I take joy in solving problems. I just do. I enjoy trying to fix things and make things work. I enjoy that. It's something that that thrills me. And you know what? When you take something and you've tried all of your answers and you've plugged in everything, man, I tell you what, I obsess over it and I get to my wit's end and I'll lay in bed at night thinking, well, I didn't try this or maybe I should have done this or maybe this would work and I'll go back to it and I'll do it again and again and, and I'll trust in myself. But listen, God sometimes puts us in places where you cannot come up with any of the answers and you've tried and you've exhausted all of your plans and you've tried everything that you know to do and you're at your wits end and you say I don't have the answer and then it's God saying you know what I've got the answer and I can do that if you just trust me and he says hey I want you to put your trust in God Jockbed I'm sure hit that point in her life She hit her child. She did everything that she could to the point that she said, I've got nothing left. I don't have any answers. I have to put my child in this little boat beside the river and trust in the Lord. The Bible says that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths confidence in god 2022 we need godly mothers godly christians who will put their trust completely in god not just her courage to stand, not just her confidence placed in God. I want you to notice as well her concern for God's commands. You say we're in Exodus chapter 2. We have not even received the Ten Commandments yet. And you're right about that. 
Matter of fact, in Deuteronomy, by the way, there's more than just 10 commandments. I hate to break it to you. There's like some 500. If you got 10, wonderful. You've you're got a good start. But there's so many more than that. And you're right. They had not been given yet. If you remember right, it was Moses. It was Jochebed's son who went up into the mountain. And, 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 and God wrote them on the stones. And then he comes down and he was so upset at the sin that he threw them down and broke them. And then he had to go back up in the mountain. And the second time around, God made Moses write them. He said, here, you write them down. So Moses wrote them down. So they hadn't been given yet. You're absolutely right about that. But can I tell you something? God still communicated his desires to the the nation of Israel and to God's people all the way back to Adam. You know what happened when Adam sinned in the garden? God gave Adam instruction on how to do a sacrifice. How do you know that? Because you know what we see next? Abel, his son, is giving a proper sacrifice. They're giving sacrifices of lambs. They're doing those things that God wanted them to do. God had communicated that to them. And you know what? They had passed that on. And not only that, but I want you to notice that, uh, that they realized and understood, well, it was against God's commandment, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. Well, they knew that way back in Abel's day. When Cain killed his brother, you know what happened? God came right down and said, whoa, whoa, no, this is not good. What have you done, Cain? And Cain says, well, what do you mean? And, and, and God talked directly to Cain and said, hey, this is not right what you have done. And he cursed him and punished him. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 11, and it says, and now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. They knew that. It had passed on. How do you know that? Because in the, uh, in the next story we read, there's a fella called Lamech. And you know what he says? He ends up killing a fella. And he ends up telling his wife, he says, If Cain shall be, be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. He says, I'm going to be even more punished than Cain because I killed a fella. And maybe he killed more than one. We don't know all the details, but I'm just telling you that God had made it very clear and passed it down from generation to generation to generation and that by the time it arrived uh, to, to Jochebed, hey, they knew there were things that God did not approve of and she was concerned uh, for God's will and God's way in their life. That's why the nation of Israel did not kill those little children. Because they knew it went against God's law. They knew that it was not right. They knew that God had had sanctified life and it was something that was important. And so I'm just telling you that those things had been passed on and that Jochebed was concerned with what God wanted in her life. That's one of the reasons she kept her child. Besides the fact that there's a natural bond between that mother and that child. But She was also concerned with God's will. 
You could go on and on about the different things that would testify the worldwide flood. Genesis chapter 6 testifies uh, that God was against sin. Abraham's sacrifices that he offered when he went up into the mountain testifies that God's word had been passed on and God's instruction had been given. And you can go through all the stories of the Old Testament and you find that God had very clearly revealed to them uh, what he wanted. And we see that uh, she was concerned for God's command. She put her confidence in the Lord. Listen, God has a plan for every person. He wants to use every person. But you have to put your trust in Him. This first, the very first thing that He wants from every person is the Bible is very clear that they would recognize that, hey, without Him, we're nothing. In all reality, you know what? We, we don't like that. We think, man, I'm, especially men, I'm a man. I got this. I'm tough. Listen, without God, we're really nothing. Without God, we're sinners. We've broken God's command. We've not done what God has commanded us to do. We've not followed those things. We could go through the Ten Commandments and find out, yeah, real quick, we've broken many of them. And we're failures in the sight of God. But God loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary. Three days later, He rose again from the dead. You say, preacher, you believe that? I absolutely believe it because the Bible absolutely states it. And it's true. He did raise from the dead. Why did He do it? He did that because He loves every single person. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in, uh, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God loves you. And He doesn't want you to suffer in hell for all of eternity. He does not want you to pay for your own sins. That's why He came. And He wants you to put your faith and trust in Him as the only Savior. And listen, He is the only one that can save you. I can't save you. Baptism won't save you. Giving money to the church won't save you. Good works won't save you. A religion won't save you. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you. And He died on the cross to save you from your sins. And you must be concerned for Him and say, you know what, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. Because He and He alone and change and will change your life if you ask Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Three qualities of a godly mother. Courage to stand for what is right. Confidence in the Lord and concern for what God has said in His Word. Well, there's so many more that we could cover, certainly. But I think these are three that are fairly evident in Jochbed's life. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, we thank you for each and every person that's here this morning. God, thank you for their attention and the time. And, and, and God, I pray that you would just speak to each and every heart as only you can. God, maybe there's one here that does not know you, has never put his faith and trust in you today, but they would like to. 
God, I pray that they would call out to You and ask You to save them today. God, I pray that You'd be with each and every Christian that's here today. And God, maybe they, they want help with these qualities of a godly mother, courage, confidence, and concern with Your Word. God, I pray that You would touch hearts as only You can. God, I pray that you would move and work in each and every person's heart. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. With our eyes still closed, our heads still bowed, we're going to have a...